Hello everyone, this is Scott Maxmer with What's New in Adaptive Physical Education. Uh, welcome back and uh, happy to have you all to continue this conversation about ISAFA and why people want to come. Um, so today we have Dr. Justin Hagel on again uh, and this was a conversation like a second half of our conversation from two podcasts ago where we talk about integration versus inclusion and uh, on here Dr. Hagel's talking about why his experiences at ISAFA from prior ISAFA uh, conferences he's gone to, why he thinks people in higher ed, students in APE, and um, why teachers might want to come to this conference. And he gives a whole host of reasons why. In addition, uh, Dr. Hagel talks a little bit about some of his research that he's planning on presenting. And, and his research focuses on male adult people with visual impairments and their perceptions of their physical education experiences. And he discusses it and why it's relevant and an interesting area. So I think it's quite interesting. Um, originally, I was going to combine this with Ann Griffin's conversation about ISAPA and what she's planning to do with practitioners there. However, I think that the conversation kind of took on a life of its own. So I'm going to put that out uh, soon after this one. So I, so hope I talked to Dr. Block about this a thanks. little bit, and he, told, he explained his experiences with ISAPA a lot, and uh, it was great, um, and like why people want to come to this. And I'm going to go. I'm really excited. I'm excited to, yeah. And so I want to know a little bit about your experiences at ISAPA. You've been to some in the past, correct? One in the past. So talk about it a little bit. Well, I mean, first for, for uh, Marty Block to recommend talking to me about ASAPA is fantastic. Um, I have a lot of respect for him, even though our opinions differ on the concept of inclusion. Um, I, I have a ton of respect for the amount of stuff he's done for our field, and I'd like to, to say that out loud. So, you know, anyway, um, I went to, I had, I was fortunate to be able to go to uh, ASAPA 2017. That was in Daegu, South Korea. Um, and uh, it was it was probably the best conference I've been to in my academic career. And my academic career is fairly short, but um, I thought it was fantastic. I think there's a lot of different benefits that um, I didn't expect, and uh, I try to take advantage of all of them. And so, um, personal reason, I think you know this, but my wife is uh, her family's from South Korea, and so I, one of the reasons I really wanted to go to this conference is because I wanted to go out and meet, and uh, not meet, but uh, experience the culture a bit. And so the fact that we could have an academic conference that also was in a place that I've really wanted to go so I could uh, have, you know, family benefits was really important to me. Um, but I thought the conference was really well run. Um, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of like uh, people who have contributed a lot in their own countries and learn about what they're doing in different countries and learn a little about what adaptive PE life is like in other places. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's led to a couple of collaborations and other things with other people in different places. And, and so, I mean, I recommend it. We brought Nicole, our PhD candidate here to Korea with us. And I know that her and the other two students that we have now, Steve and Katie, are all looking forward to going this summer. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I want to touch a little bit. That was a conversation, a large part of our conversation, Dr. Block and I, um, about like how the different nations, uh, how they might be doing APE or APA, a lot of them, uh, differently than us. Um, and, and so 
what did you see? What was like kind of profound about that to you about what different countries might be doing versus what we're doing in the United States? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest the biggest differences that I saw were because of the thing that I probably did most of my time was sitting in research presentations, and I'm, I'm sure that's what most people are doing. But um, just hearing the different ways that research is being conducted in different places and the different place that people are coming from with their research and um, the quality of some of the, the masters and PhD students and their work from other universities. Um, I saw two presentations from master's students at the University of Alberta, and I was blown away, uh, impressed by the work that they were doing. Um, yeah, and then, you know, I met a gentleman named uh, Shun Zhao Li, who goes by Li, and he was at the, the Education University of Hong Kong and uh, got to see some of the work he's doing and is incredibly impressed by his work. Um, those those are the three presentations that probably stand out the most to me um, as being like really impressed by the type of work that they were doing and, and the different methods and how informed they are from different like uh, backgrounds and epistemologies and such. Do you think that meeting these people from other nations that might have different viewpoints in AP has kind of shaped your vision at all of what you know is possible or what is APE? Oh, definitely. I think that. I, maybe even more than that is helping me understand that the way that we think here in the United States is not necessarily the correct way to think, but more so it's just our way of thinking and that there's a lot of other ways of thinking. And, you know, I, I noticed that people from Europe a lot of times are informed by different conceptualizations of even what a disability is than we are. Um, and their, their formal training is quite a bit different than ours would be um, in adaptive PE. And that informs them differently when it comes to research and what the quality of research should look like and service and what the quality of service should look like. Um, so yeah, I, I think it has changed or at least influenced the way that I'm thinking about the field and um, even thinking about the field differently as in not thinking of it as a national field, but thinking of it really in a broad context as an international entity. Definitely. Uh, can, can you go a little bit more, like, so what, can, like a little more detail, like what, how are teachers maybe trained differently? Like, what are some of the things that you saw, like an example of, of one of those things that's different? Um, I, I don't think I learned too much about teacher training while I was there, but one thing that happened as a result of that, that trip was um, I met uh, Dr. Lee out in Hong Kong, and the following year, I was invited to do a visiting assistant professorship at his university, and so I got to go out there and meet his teachers um, that he worked with and do a little talk for them. Um, but I think the talk was probably more valuable for me because I got to learn about their current situation and how they're trained. And so these, this was a group of teachers um, who were, I believe they were in a lottery to um, be allowed to do a summer training at a university. Um, and I mean, to me, that's fascinating that teachers, that there, there are hundreds of teachers uh, putting their name into a lottery so they can get that free training. That was pretty intensive. And so I, I, I'm not sure I would say that people in the States wouldn't do that, but I think it would be, we would get less people who, who would sign up, I think, whereas they, they surely had an overflow of people interested. Um, and so that was very interesting. And they're, they're just on the cusp of um, more and more kids with disabilities being integrated into, into PE. And that's another thing I think internationally that that's quite different, different, different countries view integrated PE differently. Um, yeah. So going back to our conversation about inclusion versus integrated, there's kind of like a big difference in that uh, from, and I could definitely see that. That's my, been 
my limited experience of talking to other people in other countries is that that seems to be a profound difference. Mm -hmm. So what, what type of research did you present at the past ISAPA and what are you planning on presenting at the, the new one, the next one? Uh, so at the, in Korea, I presented a study on, um, it was a phenomenal, phenomenological study looking at the lived experiences of people who are blind or visually impaired in P, integrated PE settings. Um, and so this, this was actually the first study that I did um, of that nature, which is interesting going back to the other conversation again. Um, and I thought it was well received. Um, the challenge of giving a presentation like that, and this was the first time I was doing it, was reading um, the, the quotes from the participants, which explain the challenging behaviors or challenging experience that they had, um, and being able to do so in a professional manner um, without like getting choked up and such. And it, interestingly, after the convert or after giving the presentation, I had a few people talk to me about it and. Uh, Marty Block was one of them who, who talked about whether or not he thought uh, these experiences were still true today because I was talking to adults reflecting back. And I think that's a really solid question. And um, that's something that has been in my mind ever since, because while I do interview a lot of adults, I think it's important to talk about children so we can have the current uh, experiences rather than just these reflective experiences. But, but yeah, so I mean, another benefit is, you know, you're doing these presentations and you've got like the, um, the knowledge base sitting, you know, in the crowd. So you're, you're not just talking to, you know, a few people who know what's going on. You're talking to people who have been writing about this for 20 or 30 years. Which is talking pretty, talking pretty, to the leaders in the field. Yeah, exactly. So what are you pre planning on presenting this year? So this is, this study is an extension of the previous study. And so apparently I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have some continuity in my research over the years at ASAPA. And so um, after that study and a few other ones, I've continued that line of research in the same or similar data collection methodology. And um, I adopted a framework called intersectionality. And this is a social justice framework that um, suggests that um, experiences are, are not just informed by one um, identity. So experiences wouldn't just be informed by having a disability, but also any form of difference that you might experience. So it might be informed by gender and disability, and those two identities may intersect to contribute to uh, one subjective experience. And so I did a couple of studies on gender, which, which I liked quite a bit. Um, and then we moved forward into another identity that has been uh, fairly prevalent among people with disabilities, which is uh, being overweight or obese. And so in this particular paper that we're presenting, it's another phenomenological study, and we interviewed six women with visual impairments who had also identified as being overweight or obese while they were in schools. And we, um, we asked them questions related to both the subjective experience of being overweight or obese and the experience of being a person with a visual impairment and how both of those influenced their experiences in integrated PE growing up. What, and what did you find? Um, well, so they, they surely both influenced, um, influenced their experiences. Uh, we, we, we put three themes together. Um, it's still in review and all that. Uh, we're, we're, we're hoping for, well, we'll, we'll see what the, the, the reviewers have to say about it. Um, but um, part, of the, part of the issues, or uh, a lot of it is not positive. Information that we're getting, and, and that's not really surprising because we know that people who are overweight or obese tend to experience challenging situations in PE. 
Uh, we know that people that are blind or visually impaired tend to experience challenging situations in PD. So they, they did interweave in our study. And uh, uh, like, for example, one of our themes is titled, it put me in a fragile emotional state, uh, isolation, teasing and surveillance issues. And so not only did the, the participants experience things like isolation from their peers and teasing about having a visual impairment, but they also experienced teasing because of weight issues. And then this uh, issue of surveillance and their bodies being on display um, that made them uncomfortable in physical education, mostly weight related. And so that was just one of the themes that, that, that came through. Um, quite interesting in my mind, um, but you know, I'm also the one that, that wrote the paper, so I hope I, it's interesting to me. I would, I would also say it sounds quite interesting because I don't think we think, to me, like with that intersectionality thought, which I only know, you know, whatever from just a few things that I've, I've been around, but to me, we don't usually see people with disabilities as, as a complex human. We see them as a person with a disability. We don't, I don't think, think about race, uh, gender and sexual orientation and, and all everything else uh, that that makes the complex human a human uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to a disability I think that um, we just the in our, a lot of people's minds the disability almost supersedes everything else and we don't yeah. see that as a per as these as the teachers as, as the professors as all that but I think obviously as that person they're they're living that life as the complex person that they are you know yep so. Well, and I think um, in the study we did that looked at the intersection of maleness and visual impairment um, identities, I think we saw what you said, which is uh, that the disability identity superseded the male identity in PE. So the males like wanted to participate in this hyper-masculine culture that is PE. However, their disability and people's perception about their disability um, restricted them from participating. Um, and so some people might say their visual impairment is what restricted them, but you know, in my belief, it's the perspectives of others and how they treated the child in the classroom that really, um, and their perspective or perceptions of people with visual impairments that really restricted them. But that might be a conversation for another day also. No, absolutely, but I think it's, I mean, it's interesting. Now I wanna know too, why did you choose this? Now you're like, I think I was listening to, uh, the, to um, Risto's uh, podcast the other day and he said you had 44 publications in 2017 and 18, I think, uh, peer-reviewed, embarrassing like you again, yeah, he, something he like that. To, yeah, he tried to embarrass me, <laughs> um, but I mean, I chose this particular paper because it's something that I'm really interested in. I think it's, um, I think it's um, important information to get out there, but I also want feedback on it. And I think ASAPA is a good place to have people who know far more than I do about these things. Um, give me some critical feedback so I can improve my research. So from your standpoint, maybe putting something that's maybe a little bit more exploratory in your eyes with them to really get like, where am I going with that? That's, that's from my standpoint, it's a good idea because I, I feel like I do a lot of things that interest me and a lot of things that interest me are very exploratory. So, yeah. you know, because yeah, that's... I think exploratory so you get that feedback and I also want to put the best foot forward in this context like you know i've done a i've got a couple of studies that are more basic and while i think they're important and they contribute i think that something like this um, is my best stuff and so you know asap is the place that i want that exploratory stuff but i also want my best stuff so that you know i i, I represent odu well i represent researchers and adaptive PD in the united states well all right last question is why and then you can kind of answer it at each level if you like or just from your standpoint but why would somebody in APE a student a teacher a professor want to attend this year's conference and be a member well I think 
I think the fact that it's in Charlottesville is both a reason to attend and then a reason not to attend. And so the reason, but, but really like it's so convenient this year. And if you're uh, a person doing research in adapted PE in the United States, I mean, it's too convenient for you not to attend. I joke about not attending because, you know, I, I, I look forward to the Korea trip and I'm looking forward to the Finland trip and the, which is the next Asafa. Um, and Charlottesville is only a three hour drive for me. So it's a little less exciting to go to a new place, even though I haven't been there yet. So I guess I, sh I should uh, be excited to go, but um, it, it, there's not, it's not very often that you're going to have something like this, this close to home that you can attend. And so even our students here, I mean, if it's, if this year it was in um, Brazil or Australia or um, even Canada being fairly close, uh, there's no guarantee that we would have the funding to help them get there. Um, but because it's close, um, the funding is fairly easy. It's really a short drive and student, uh, student registration. And so it's super accessible. Um, if you're on the East Coast and you're a student that's looking into doing research in adaptive PE, you should be coming to this. If you're on the West Coast and you're a student and your university could help you a little bit get here, this is the most successful it's ever going to be. It's not. It's just not going to come this close very often. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why might a teacher, uh, would you say, want to come to this? Uh, well, I think the the one thing Marty did, which I haven't seen before, and I like, is that he has this strand specific for teachers at the conference, and so he's he's definitely paying attention to the needs of um, of teachers in the area. And so, if I'm a teacher in adaptive PE you're coming to this conference because you don't just have people that you would see at SHAPE or at the California Adapted PE Conference that calls itself the National Conference, um, but you would have international leaders in Adapted PE coming and telling you about, you know, what's current, what's happening, and it's specific for practitioners. And so I, I take my hat off to Marty with that. I think that was a brilliant idea. Yeah, and uh, so the series is supposed, supposed to be kind of um, he wanted me to talk to one of the the premier researchers coming out of uh, ISAPA, and then he, I'm also supposed to talk to Ann Griffin. Wait, so who are you talking to? You. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> and then Ann Griffin, uh, who's a uh, putting on some of the practitioner workshops, and she's in Iowa, so she's supposed to be on here next. Um, and so that was supposed to be kind of like a three-part series, like the administration piece of it, some of the research that's going on, and then some of that practitioner piece. So this is oh, that's cool. It is kind of cool to try to get that whole the whole conceptual piece. With that, Dr. Hagel, it has been a pleasure having a conversation with you about ISAPA and inclusion today. Um, and thanks for stopping by. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's always a pleasure. You want me to call you Dr. McNamara on this thing? No, I don't like that on this thing. Yeah, I don't like it either. So. All right. As always, uh, thank you for tuning in to this great conversation with uh, Justin Hagel and myself. I hope you enjoyed it. And once again, we'll have another last episode on this subject coming out very shortly uh, and kind of from the practitioner's point of view. Uh, looking forward to that. And I'm about to go to Kansas City for a few days to enjoy my spring break. So I hope you all have something or you have enjoyed your spring break. Uh, it's that time of the year. I'm ready to get away from this wintry Midwest area for a little while because it's been very, very snowy and it's just starting to melt and it's getting very messy. So I hope you all are enjoying something uh, weather-wise as well or going somewhere. Uh, take care and talk to you all later.